Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tiantian with your market view. It's been an eventful week so far, isn't it? Filled with lots of data releases as well. Within Asia, we saw inflation reports out of major economies such as Indonesia, South Korea, Japan, and Thailand. More notably, core consumer prices in Tokyo, a leading indicator of nationwide inflation, hit 2.8% in September from a month ago, the largest gain since 2014. And speaking of inflation. Analysts seem to observe an interesting correlation repeatedly occurring in the markets. Now they say whenever reported inflation figures pose a surprise on the upside, any assets that typically protect us from inflation, such as property, commodities, equities, are being sold off. So to help us better understand the phenomenon and prepare us for what's to come in Asia in terms of inflation, I'm joined live by Martin W. Henneke, head of Asia Investment Advisory at St James Place. Hi, Martin. Are you? There? Yes, Amber. Thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure to be back. Oh, great to have you on our show as well as always, Martin. And I want to start by looking at what's happening closer to home. Thailand, Indonesia, both reported their inflation figures, and what does it mean for their economies as they sort of walk the tightrope between you know quelling prices and spurring tourism and economic growth? Yes, sure. So uh, on a high level, I'm not really too worried about. The- both of both economies and, and inflation and interest figures there. Well, let's look uh, briefly a bit more closely at each of them. So if you look at Indonesia, the inflation figure was a bit higher than expected, 5.95, interest rates 4.25. So actually the gap there isn't, isn't really that great. And of course, Indonesia is also a commodity uh, exporter, which is mm-hmm. helping. So if you're looking at the U.S., as an example, you actually got lower interest rates and higher inflation, you know, 8.3%, or the Eurozone, you got 0.75% uh, interest rate and inflation of 9.1%. So I think in some of the other economies, you know, particularly those where you have higher debt levels as well, uh, in the West, you, uh, it's, it's a tougher situation. Now, in Thailand, Interest rates are still very low. Um, policymakers there are a bit more concerned on the growth picture because only now tourism and everything is really coming back to life. Uh, and also household debt in Thailand is a little bit more of a challenge than in some other economies. It's around 90% to try to make it drop back to 80% mm. and increasing rates a lot will, will be a bit tougher. But overall, even there, um, I, I believe that um, the economies and also trade with China, which is the major trading partner for both, is going to be uh, picking up uh, and, and there are good opportunities to be found there. Well, it seems like things are looking quite okay for now, but what's the outlook for the broader Southeast Asian markets uh, with respect to inflation? Well, I think what I just sort of mentioned applies largely to most of the economies right. there. Uh, maybe one thing I would just uh, perhaps add is that while I said specifically for those economies, I don't see any imminent sort of crisis risk from that end. I do still believe, though, that globally, um, you know, in the major economies, you, uh, the inflation problem is something that we might not necessarily have seen the worst of yet in inflationary pressures remaining. And if that's indeed the case, you could have these pressures again uh, going around um, the globe and affecting all the other relatively smaller economies as well. So from an investor's perspective, I think it's still something to very much be conscious of and watch out for and have a reasonable exposure 
disclosure to sort of inflation proof assets as supposed to be everything in cash or fixed interest and that could include things any anything tangible like property but also equities which represents mm. companies that can put up prices in line with inflation if they have an edge in the market. Right. And Martin, I know you focus on Chinese uh, economies and markets as well. Um, China's factory activity beat expectations, expanded for the first time in three months in September, in fact. But reportedly, analysts are saying that this should be taken with a grain of salt. So do you think the numbers will be in line with the private Tyson composite PMI when it's out on Saturday? Well, I don't think the Kaixin index is going to be particularly great uh, on, on Saturday. We had already seen the manufacturing index in Kaixin actually down, unlike the PMI, uh, which is probably why some analysts said take the PMI, the official one, with a grain of salt. And the services are likely uh, going to be uh, down as well. But that said, um, a lot of that is still due to the you know, COVID regulatory crackdown and you have had the housing war, etc. I'm not too worried about all that, partly also because inflation figures in China are pretty low, producer prices are pretty low, again, far lower than in some of the Western countries, and the government has a lot of room for stimulus measures that they have already started uh, rolling out. So not too concerned also, given the valuation level from an investor's perspective, are very, very low in the equity market there. If there's any one thing in China I'm more worried about is the fertility rate, actually, demographics, and I hope they, they, mm-hmm. they do something to stimulate that back. I see. And speaking about stimulating the economy, one sector that the government is stimulating is, of course, the property sector. Earlier this week, we saw shares of Chinese property stocks rallying after regulators told the biggest state-owned banks to, you know, provide financing worth as much as 85 billion US dollars to the sector. But question is, uh, Martin, have we have we as investors seen the worst of China's property debt crisis yet? Well, I guess there's. A few questions there. Mm. The first is, um, you know, have property prices seen the worst? And then have property equities or debt seen the worst? Right. I personally think property prices aren't still historically cheap, you know, when you talk about physical property market. Equities and debt, there might be some good opportunities, but you also have risk and volatility, and it's hard to know um, uh, one's way around there. So as part of a very diversified portfolio, one could consider it. But perhaps more importantly, what, what more investors might be interested in, is there any risk of this going further, developing into a systemic crisis, being crisis and so on affecting the whole market I very much doubt it and again when you look at valuations historically within China now and compared to global markets particularly even through Hong Kong where you have a further discount compared to China uh, I think a lot of those risks are very much if not overly priced in by now. I see so on the whole what's your take on China's economic recovery for this year and what are some investment opportunities in the greater China region then? Well um when you look at the economy, we have seen a lot of downward provision of GDP growth. Mm. Uh, the lowest one, the latest one I saw was around 2.8%. Now, if you're looking at that figure, though, given China's size right now, uh, that has come a long way, 2.8% is still actually larger than the entire economy of Thailand. So I think it's still not a catastrophe. And again, some other countries have also seen lower growth and once covid Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's more positive. But then also, just to bear in mind, economic growth isn't necessarily always correlated with stocks. Uh, they can move in different ways, particularly if lots of things are discounted. So as mentioned, I'm sort of fairly optimistic. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's always good to be diversified globally and in a few different asset classes as well. 
Right. Always be cautious. Yeah. If you're tuning yeah. in, uh, we are now speaking to Martin W. Henneke, Head of Asia Investment Advisory at St. James Place. And uh, Martin, meanwhile, uh, in Japan, we saw prices rising at the fastest since 2014. In fact, the, cu- the country also seeing a slowdown in money printing. Question is, are we near a turning point for the Bank of Japan in terms of its easy monetary policy? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And it's sort of maybe comes back to, to your initial um, introduction. Mm. I, I actually doubt that Japan can uh, change its policy very dramatically because sovereign debt is so high. Mm. Now, to some extent, the same thing applies in the Eurozone and in the US even as well. Central banks never talk about it. They just talk about, oh, are we raising rates and endangering the economy? But if sovereign debt is very high, there's also the risk of triggering a debt crisis. So I don't think the Bank of Japan, even if they wanted to, they have all that much room to increase uh, rates a lot. Again, when you look at equity market, though, I think, and the low yen, low equity valuations, and some other chips we might see, I think uh, there are, again, great opportunities there historically. And the inflation uptick, it's, it's only now finally coming through, you just mentioned earlier, 2.8% at uh, the highest since 2014. If you take out the VAT uh, distortion, uh, it's actually the, the highest in 31 years. And I think slowly, slowly, the mentality of Japanese investors is sort of changing. Right now, they still hold over 50% in cash and deposits uh, of their household saving. But I think the inflation worry is slowly creeping in. And I think some of this money will find its way into property or stock market to, to protect against this mm-hmm. rising inflationary threat that Bank of Japan might not be able right. to address. Right. And uh, I do want to touch on a very interesting phenomenon uh, you wrote in one of your reports, Martin. I've been fairly excited about this. Uh, you mentioned that whenever reported inflation figures pose a surprise on the upside, any assets that typically protect us from inflation, we're talking about property, commodities, equities, they are being sold off. Tell us why is this a case and what does this mean for us as retail investors? Yeah, it's an interesting one because it's counterintuitive, right? If inflation is up, you should look for inflation protection assets in theory. So why is it being sold off? Well, it's very simply due to people thinking, well, if inflation is up, interest rates will go up to wherever it's needed and definitely then bring back down inflation uh, to where it was before. So that's the assumption. But what I was sort of trying to uh, hinder earlier is that given the very, very high sovereign debt levels in many major economies, including Japan, in the Eurozone uh, and, and the US, I think central banks may be more limited in the room to maneuver. We have recently seen also in the, in the UK, the Bank of England suddenly stepping in when the crisis got a bit out of hand. And I think that same principle applies to a lot of other places. So I think you shouldn't take for granted that central banks will actually manage to keep inflation in check. Right. And a very quick one before we let you go, Martin. How should we as retail investors be positioning our portfolios? You mentioned about diversified, but in the meantime, what assets, sectors and markets should we be you know, keeping our eyes on now? My first suggestion would be to limit uh, leverage. Be very cautious with any form mm. of leverage because there are just so many uncertainties. Apart from what we discussed already, there's geopolitical risk, etc. Uh, as well. Um, but uh, one step... Uh, taken care of. Uh, also be mindful that everything in cash might not be the safest given the, the vast negative real interest rates we are really seeing across the world, which means cash value might be eaten up and, and more dramatically so or, or more fast so uh, over time. So 
Apart from this, diversify across different asset classes with a good exposure to things that are inflation-proof. I mentioned earlier any tangibles like property, uh, commodities, but also equities very much. When you think about it, when input costs rise, if the company does have an edge in the market and wages and everything else rises as well, they can just pass the cost through. And thereby typically, in the longer run, are one of the assets that can help protect the portfolio from the inflationary risks. Right. Thank you very much, Martin. Always a pleasure speaking to you. That was Martin W. Henneke, Head of Asia Investment Advisory at St. James Place. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.